folks. Welcome to a podcast about Catholic things. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and I'm here with... Dan, I'm the Ambassador of Nonsense, everyone. Welcome. And I'll apologize ahead of time. I don't know... I don't know how this recording is going to come out, but I'm trying to record from a hotel room, so I don't have my my normal microphone with me or anything else. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if Apple pulls through. Yeah, well, I'm recording on my iPad, and uh, I don't know. I've never tried this, but it's all I got with me. Um, all right. <clears throat> today we were, I guess. Here's the thing, on this subject, it's not like the church has a whole lot of teaching. Um, yeah, I know. That's, I, I was going to try to approach it from a, you know, breaking it down in terms of, uh, you know, uh, moral teachings about, about law and stuff like that and questions. I mean, just putting the question out there, uh, let, let's, let's clue people in here. We're, we're talking about copyright. Copyright. And in- so, you know, your buddy gives you a, uh, you know, a, a duped copy of a film. Is, are you, are you violating some kind of moral law by watching it? Right. Um, and then or, more so you know, if you're he, actively going to Pirate Bay and downloading movies and everything you can find and yeah, music. Yeah. Or if you, if you rip them from a DVD and upload them to Pirate Bay. Right. Or, for example, if you want to say certain prayers, but, uh, the Catholic Church owns some kind of rights to it, and you take one of their missiles and copy it so that you can pray it at home. Right. Because <laughs> so that's kind know, of what you got to do you've sometimes. Technically, uh, violated federal copyright law. Um, but what, what, it, where does this stand morally? I mean, is this, is this like, uh, like going over the speed limit? Um, or is this, uh, does this involve a real injustice that's committed against the copyright holder? And so that's, that's kind of the question that, that I want to, uh, to spend a little bit of time talking about. It's, it's kind of ironic that we're, we're, uh, talking about this today in a sense. Um, and, and I'll point out the irony more completely later, but, um, I, either yesterday or today, uh, was when YouTube came out with, I don't know if you've seen it, they've got this, they put this, uh, notification out that basically, uh, they, YouTube, have decided that the, um, the drama over the election is over and they're just going to systematically remove any videos that make claims counter to what YouTube considers the truth. That is a huge regarding deal the election for copyright owners. Well, Here's the thing. Uh, so, so I, I mean, I, I think it's a huge deal for for people who are concerned about a, uh, um, you know, about slipping into a, a media controlled dystopia. You, you, I mean, to me, this is YouTube. Is you, you, do you ever see the uh, Schwarzenegger movie, The Running Man? You know what? I've never seen that. No. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I won't go too much into the. Uh, into the the uh you know spoilers there uh-huh. but but the network uh the TV network there uh that controls the running man game is ICS networks um or ICS network broadcasting or broadcasting network anyway um the point is they literally make the news okay and this is YouTube being like ICS now i mean this is this is like 
slipping down into that that running man dystopian gutter that uh is presented in that movie go watch the movie it's worth a good watch okay um so i mean it's i mean it, it is it is you know schwarzenegger pulp film if you know what i mean but yeah well it's a big deal in that sense but um it's well, a big deal thing. because YouTube... many moons ago copyright owners started suing uh youtube and said hey you've got our material on your channel and you're not charging yeah. anybody but that's and you're not our paying material, <laughs> and you're not paying yeah. for it and youtube says hey we're a platform. We can't control what our users publish. We do not right. publish things. Well, that released them from all kinds of laws, including copyright laws. Right. And, and eventually, I, at first that... I, well, they I had to that, duke it uh, out for a while, but they got... When Google yeah, bought the, them, the, it, the, law, the fight the, was over. Right. Right. Then it was like, okay, you, you can just languish in court or you can learn to get along with it. And they came out, you know, with uh with other they um, came out with a provisions couple that, things you know, safety that provisions made for some platforms. people happy yeah they yes but, but you do have a chance the, to earn money if you hold the copyright that's that's the the thing that i was going to point out that that youtube has they're acting high and mighty now uh with regards to you know the so-called truth i mean they're becoming all moralistic about this presidential election when they made themselves, they grew into what they are. They became the de facto uh, posting site for videos by allowing and encouraging their users to post, to illegally then post copyrighted material. Right. They they were a platform. Now suddenly they're saying... Uh, now we're they're not a platform. platform they're certain times. Yeah. Now the, well, we're a platform when it comes to certain things, but but we're going to be a uh, a full news uh, filtering editorial board when it comes to uh, things that we would rather people not think about. Yeah. So um, that, that's what it boils down to. Which again, I you know I would say that YouTube is you'll you'll agree with me completely when you watch the movie. YouTube is ICS in the Running Man. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, so, anyway, anyway, I, it's just kind of funny that we that they that that happened today, and it happens to be when we're going to be talking about copyright. Right. But let's look at it from a creator's uh, stance. Say someone who writes yeah. stories or makes videos or uh, mm-hmm. records music, produces music, whatever. Right. So, so that's that's the question. The the because today. Everybody seems to agree on the term pirate, piracy. Uh, you know, c- copyright violation is piracy. When you copy something that, you know, you didn't pay for, that's piracy. And uh, they refer to it as theft. Um, and so there's this underpinning of this kind of common agreement across society that says, if you have created something you incur you you automatically um get and 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 it attaches to you to have a natural right to control the distribution copying dissemination of this even once you've in some manner publicly revealed it yeah so it and and or likewise for inventions if if you invent something you in, inherit a natural right to 
decide under what terms somebody else is allowed to put the concept of your invention into practice for themselves, for their own use. This, I think... That's that's the patent law. Yeah. I mean... And but... so the question that I'm trying to put out there is, is that true? Is, is there really a natural right that attaches to this? Is there some kind of violation of justice when we go take somebody else's created work and make a copy of it? I don't know and of if course this we're is talking really about under Catholic natural law. I, I I don't think this is objectively a moral issue. I don't know, but um it's never I could not find where it's actually been defined. It's possible that um it's possible that the church is unwilling to define it mm-hmm. because the church owns so many copyrights. <laughs> That's true. It's like a conflict That's of true. interest for them. Yeah, yeah, which is something that, you know, we've talked about that, oh gosh, one of our earliest podcasts, I I mentioned that that, to me, is a problem. Right. Uh, that that liturgical works are copyrighted at all is is a liturgical problem for me. Now, in the... I be- mean, is a, uh, is a problem for me. In the beginning, it's, it's meant to encourage people to continue to uh, develop both art and, uh, you know, uh, engineering feats. To and that's yeah. That's give them I just to bring up, you know, so is, that and and basically, I guess two things happens. Number one, when a company creates something and they own the patents or copyrights to it, um, other rival companies can't just come in and do the same thing. Only they didn't have to spend money on the research and development. And make a bunch of money off of their inventions. But then right. that also protects the, I don't think originally it was meant to, but because a bunch of small time inventors, um, made use of these laws, uh, the larger companies were unable to take the inventions of small guys around the country and just use whatever they wanted and not give them, uh, money for it. Right. So, that's that's something that we, we should uh, point out. So the the what what you're talking about there is is specifically the American approach, the American system, the American underpinnings of copyright law and patent law, for that matter. And uh, this is something that I almost wonder if this is maybe uniquely American. I wonder if there's any anywhere else in the world that has this precise take on it. But I'm going to go ahead and break down the American approach to this and the American underpinnings of of copyright, um, starting with the Constitution. Yeah. So in the Constitution, uh, just for those who don't know, the Constitution, I'm talking about the United States Federal Constitution, and it defines the structure and the powers of the federal government and it does this, the, the powers that it assigns are explicit powers given to the individual branches of government. Now, um, a, a lot of people mistakenly say that, that they have, there's a equal balance of power among the three branches that they all share like power equally. That's not actually true because the greatest power is actually legislative and that power is constitutionally vested in a Congress. So Congress is the only body of the government at a federal level that's allowed to make laws. 
The president's not allowed to make laws. The courts are not allowed to make laws according to the Constitution, only the, the Congress. Neither However, is the EPA or any other bureaucracy. Yeah, right, right. However, um, the Congress itself can't just make any laws that it wants to make for the whole country. It, it's kind of weird. They, they, they can not because of the Constitution, but because of the particular relationship with Washington, D.C. as, as a municipal uh, area under the direct control of Congress. Congress can make any law they want for Washington, D.C., as long as it doesn't violate something like the Bill of Rights. But they can't just make any law for the rest of the country. Uh, instead, they can only make laws that accomplish the specific powers that are listed for them in the Constitution. So Article 1 deals with the Congress, and Section 8 of Article 1 defines the powers that Congress has. And there's 18 of them, and no more. And if it's not one of these 18 powers, Congress isn't allowed to do it. Uh, one of those powers, and here's where copyright comes from. I'm going to read it verbatim uh, using the lead-in phrase from the beginning. Congress shall have the power to promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the power to secure exclusive rights to authors and inventors, that's not directly a power of Congress. The actual power being granted to Congress is to promote progress of science and useful arts. And if the way that they run copyright law does not promote progress in science and useful arts, then Congress has violated their constitutional mandate. They've stepped outside their constitutional authority in creating that law. So, in other words, if if they run, a, if they create a copyright law that, in some manner, works counter to promoting science and useful arts or progress in science and useful arts, then it's a illegal law. Now, what you are saying. Um, it's not like anyone can, uh, can, can, can take what you've just said and say, if they're getting sued for, uh, pirating music, somehow use that and take it to court and win. Uh, but probably not. What I we're mean, talking about lose. is <laughs> we have a moral obligation to follow United States laws and the laws of our states and this is possibly one of those cases where because the law um because the law isn't legal there's an argument to be made that you don't have the moral obligation to follow this law by virtue of it being a law right now, if people really have a natural right to control the propagation of something they produced then that natural right would be our obligation irrespective of the law right but here's so here's the other thing. The founding fathers, the, those who were around, you know, in America at the time of this writing of the Constitution, not only did not consider people to have a natural right to to control their writings, rather they considered it a natural right in as much as as they thought about natural rights. They considered it natural that if you knew something, you were allowed to make use of it. So if, 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 no matter how you acquired that knowledge. So if you, right. if you acquired knowledge of how to make a mechanism 
because somebody else did it and you saw his, you were, you had a natural right to be able to do that. Or, you know, in, in, you know, back then they didn't have these things, but if you had a book and a uh, copy machine, uh, you could make use of those things, put the book on the machine and push the button and make a copy of the page of the book. Okay. Now you've got a copy of it. You can use the stuff you own. You can make use of the knowledge you have. That's a natural right that everybody has. Now, what the what the founding fathers are doing by this clause is that they're saying we're going to give Congress the power to promote the development of science and stuff by allowing them to temporarily suspend everybody's natural right to make use of what they have by making copies, by using inventions and so forth. We're going to temporarily suspend that so that only the inventor and author have that right and the ability to convey that right to others under terms and so on and so forth. But we're going to do that as a trade-off for the expediency of the greater good of promoting progress. Right. And and, and so that was the trade-off. So, so it wasn't that, hey, we need to find a way to protect authors' rights. It was, hey, you know what? We want people to be authors so we're going to temporarily suspend everybody else's rights with regards to an author's works and, and allow that author to try to turn that into some kind of profit. That way, hopefully, he'll keep producing stuff. But it's only supposed to be for a limited time. Why? Because their ultimate goal was to bring more and more science and art and so forth into the public domain. And you do that by having those terms expire. And then if you want to, you know, it's kind of like a, what have you done for me lately? If you're an author, you don't get to rest on your laurels yeah. just because you had one great idea that everybody loved. Okay. If, if you want to keep writing that wave, you got to come up with the next great idea. Um, this is kind of the, this is where that's the, the, the spirit a bit of, of the law. It's the, the spirit and, of the law. And that was the, that was the reality of the law up until Disney happened. Yeah. Well, yeah, until Disney happened. So under the original law, it was like 38 years or something like that. You you could do like, I think it was 14 years, um, and then you could, it was 20, it was 14 years, and then you could apply for an extension for another 14 years if, if you were still making some hay off of the... Uh, off of the, the copyrighted work. For inventions, it's different. It's like 17 years, and then you can apply up to two extensions or something like that. I, yeah. I forget exactly all the numbers, but but it, it very reasonable. I mean, it, it was the kind of thing that, okay, within your lifetime, your your copyright, your patent, whatever, is going to expire. You, you can make you your living keep going, off of that copyright or yeah. uh, patent, and then... Uh, then you got to come up uh, with something else. Yeah, eventually it's like okay, you've earned your living now. It doesn't. Yeah, your, go go. Your go kids do the next need thing. to earn their own living. <laughs> That's right. You don't get the. You know? Your your kids don't get to inherit an estate of of almost unlimited copyright. So then, what happened was in in the 1900s, Disney came along. They made they had a huge success with Mickey Mouse, and suddenly they were up against a crisis. Mickey Mouse was going to fall out of copyright. And yeah. so they got together with with various Congress Congress people um, and with the uh, music recording industry and, and other content producing industries. But Disney was the one who really led it because they were the ones who had this one singular crisis. And they 
extended copyright. And it, then they extended again, and then they extended again to the it point literally where meant millions of dollars if they lost the copyright to Mickey Mouse, immediately yeah. their sales would drop, and so they they did whatever they had to do to stop that. But it's we're really just talking about corporate greed at this point. Exactly. That's that's the uh, that's and the, the irony line. is over and over again. They take age-old ideas written by other people and uh, turn them somehow into their own copyrights, like um, the Jungle Book and uh, the Cinderella and well, the, Sleeping Beauty and all these other ones. Yeah, a lot of them are fairy tales. The Jungle Book, that was, that was actually Rudyard Kipling, wasn't it? Yeah, that was Rudyard Clipping, Kipling's, or it was a guy, a guy wrote. Yeah, uh, story. Kipling. Pinocchio right. was written by someone else. There's no reason mm-hmm. uh Disney should White own anything on Pinocchio. Particularly. Right, right. Although I don't think that, I think if somebody wanted to go and make his own version of the Jungle Book or Pinocchio, they probably could. Since yeah, those are could. not Disney inventions. Yeah, However, I know, but... But the, the thing is, this this idea of copyright being to secure for limited times is almost meaningless. In the yeah. current environment. And so what you've got a situ- is, is a situation where, uh, there's a petty tyranny regarding the, the copyright regime. Petty, what I mean is that, um, it's, let, let's face it, it's not, if, if I am not able to get that movie that I want to get and download it and use it, it's not a great injustice to me that I can't do it. If, if, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Even like the original copyright. Okay. The, I have a natural law right to, uh, you know, to make use of the things I have, which includes if I've got a book, I want to make a copy, give it to a friend, whatever. I've got a natural law right to do that. The suspension of that natural law right for a limited time, it's not a great injustice. And even as we continue to extend that, it continues to not be a great injustice. Right. But at the same time, it's one of those situations where uh, it has grown to the point where it's an illegal law. Uh, it's an unconstitutional law. Congress, in its current inception of copyright law, has overstepped its bounds because it doesn't fulfill the actual power given to Congress, which is to promote the progress of science and useful arts. Instead, current copyright law promotes not progressing. Look how many reboots right. Disney has done in the past few years of just recycling their yeah. old stuff. Yeah. Their own old stuff. They're not All progressing. All the Marvel comics. comics. Yeah. How many Batmans are there? <laughs> Bingo. For heaven's sakes, create yeah. some new exactly. heroes. Right. Um, right. And what's more, the breaking of those laws is not a huge injustice either. It's not an injustice. In fact, it's if the I breaking of the laws is not movies, an injustice at all. It's under not a natural, big deal. right? Under under. Well, okay, yeah. I would under challenge natural, anybody to show me that under natural law, violating copyright is a injustice in any sense whatsoever. It's it's an injustice. It's a violation of positive law. But I challenge anybody to bring me an argument that says that it's a actual. There's a actual natural law injustice that occurs in a copyright violation. Yeah. And what's more, there's other arguments to be made that the guy who originally created Mickey Mouse is no longer among us. I know he has family who 
want to hold on to this fortune, but it's not them that are holding on to the fortune. It's the Disney Corporation at this point. Right. And what's more, it's not even um, his family. Yeah. At this point, because uh, Mickey Mouse was such a huge part of our culture, the rights to Mickey Mouse are cultural. Yeah, that's true. It, it kind of already it, belongs it is to everybody. Part of our upbringing. And mm-hmm. I think naturally people even more so have a right to use him as they create their own, uh, works. Whether it's you know, a that, book that's or another a, good point. a drawing. That's a know. good point. When, when you, when you create something that becomes kind of like a phenomenon like that, you incur an obligation to society to put that, in fact, in the public domain. That's, that's, that's part of the beauty of the original copyright, um, system in the united states uh and and a part of the beauty of how the founding fathers worded it in the constitution if you create something that that allows you to become you know fabulously successful because of that well the only reason you're able to do that is by a broad public buy-in for that well that makes that a cultural icon that makes that something that the public by doing that and by supporting you they gain, we gain culturally a right to that, that you have yeah. to give up then. It, it's like the the bigger the money payout is for it, the more you have an obligation to go ahead and let that go and let it fall into the public domain instead of trying to extend it through copyright uh, law revisions. Yeah. For example, the song uh, Happy Birthday, which I oh, believe yeah, is still under one. copyright I, law. I think it is. Technically, they're they're not supposed to be able to sing it at restaurants and stuff unless they, I don't know, pay somebody or or ever. Right. Um, but it's only the uh, isn't it only the melody that's copyrighted because like the original song was like a Good Morning instead of Happy Birthday song or something like that. I do not remember. I just know that you never hear it in movies. Yeah, or Which the cheaper movies like, anyway. I guess some of them are able to yeah, pay the that more expensive off. Expensive ones can do that, but uh, they're. <laughs> It's and such I always a thought childish, that was silly. Everybody such a childish, sings it uh, every day throughout the yeah, entire melody. Country. Right. That, <laughs> but, uh, um, well, you know, in fact, you know, uh, Mickey Mouse himself that, you know, just, just to, to bring the irony around Mickey Mouse himself is, um, is not originally Mickey Mouse of Walt Disney. Mickey Mouse was a copy of another character called Steamboat Willie. Was it? Yeah. Is Steamboat Willie not Disney's creation? I don't think it is. I think Disney copied Steamboat Willie, turned it into Mickey Mouse. Let me, let me look that up real quick. Okay. While you're looking up that, I will bring up the point that there's an even bigger injustice in withholding, uh, materials from the Creative Commons when we come on things like prayers and translations of prayers that are used uh, by the faithful and hymns. And it's, it's one of the things that the, uh, I never understood how the church got away with it. I never mm-hmm. understood how they, they take sacred texts. And uh, I guess I could understand a guy who speaks both languages and decides I'm going to translate this into this. And maybe holds on to that copyright for a short time so that he could sell his translation. Right. But over the years, the translation becomes popular and, uh, 
a lot of it becomes part of prayer, uh, part of the daily prayer life. Right. And somehow there's a copyright hold on that. I would say it's an even bigger uh, violation of natural law by the church. Yeah, no, I'm still reading about uh, Steamboat. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. I extended into the spiritual life that's even more uh, significant. Steamboat Willie wasn't the first Mickey cartoon. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so I I was wrong. Steamboat That's Willie. That's just a myth. Um, well, it's not a myth. Um, I don't know where I heard originally that Mickey Mouse was based on Steamboat Willie, but Steamboat Willie was the third um cartoon featuring the Mickey Mouse character, and it was a Disney cartoon. So I was wrong about that. Okay. You know, we were talking just before about YouTube's, you know, uh, actions, the recent actions. Yeah. And what they're basically doing is proposing to, okay, we're going to control the view of history that everybody sees. What if that's already been going on? What if Disney's been out there erasing and replacing, uh, references to the real story behind Mickey Mouse and Steamboat Willie? I'm not saying that this is the case. It's just that given where the, the, you know, discussion we just had about YouTube. Um, is it that far fetched? Yeah. Well, uh, nowadays people, uh, have these forums that they go to and, and people still talk to each other and we're able to communicate these ideas. I don't think they could fight a whole lot. Just like there's still millions of people out there who really understand that Donald Trump did in fact win the election. Yeah. That's, but that's just being hidden. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, did you, uh, did you hear the, uh, um, uh, what is it? Uh, 17 states have signed on to Texas's, uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. The, so... the Texas suit against the five states who are, right. Uh, have so 17... violated, uh, what, it, what is it? They, they violated the voting the... laws. Yeah. Constitutional voting laws. Right. And Texas is trying to hold them. So wait a minute. Is the Supreme Court going to take the case? That's the big question. But 17 additional states have joined Texas in this lawsuit from what I've read and seen on Twitter land lately. That's a third of the country. 17 states out of 50. That's huge. That's, that's like major, major scandal. Uh, scandal's the wrong word, um, as a Catholic scandal means something very specific. Um, but, but that's, that's a real, um, let's say it would seriously undermine the legitimacy of the Supreme Court for them to not hear this case completely. Right, when that many people are looking to them to do something about this. Right, right. And the Constitution. Aside from the 70 million people who voted for him and want him to be president. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that too. <laughs> and the Constitution gives the Supreme Court the direct authority over all disputes between the states. So normally right. in order for a case to reach the Supreme Court, it's got to go through local courts and then maybe federal appeals courts. And so, and there's a, 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 a line. Uh, a kind of a right. chain of of court command that it has but to go through. But this goes directly but, to the Supreme Court, right? Com, uh, by but constitutionally, disputes between sta- states have to go straight to the Supreme Court. 
uh, it was kind of a master yeah. stroke on the part of the um, uh, Texas uh, D- um, Attorney General to do this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's hope it bears fruit. Um, yeah, I I guess we haven't. I guess there's not a whole lot more we can say on this. On number no, one, that's that, yeah. I, I think the takeaway is it, not are, a serious violation of any law. Yeah. To say download pirated products. Number two, the current laws that are out there are um, are illegal laws. They're, yeah. According to the U.S. Constitution, there is no moral teaching on this matter yet. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's obvious that when, say, a band uh, creates a song and tries to sell it to the public, that uh, if if we're gonna if we're gonna work as a society and we're gonna try to help uh, musicians earn a living, then it makes sense that when we that we pay when we say download it and put it on our on our uh, you know iPads or whatever. I yeah, iPhones, and that's and where I was to gonna it. say there's there's a there's a co- common good element here where we say okay, uh, band creates a song, band puts it in the internet or not puts it on the internet band creates a song band makes some some tapes or cds you go to the store you get it and then suddenly all of your friends have it too because they came over your house and and uh you have a cool cd player that'll copy it onto a uh cassette tape and now they all have cassette tapes of it so um there's a um there's there's not a direct natural law justice problem as regards the band in that case but Depending on the level to which you do that, you know, like, like distributing them out at school versus just making a copy for your buddy. And the next time he's the one that buys the CD, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, versus making a setting your radio out in public and saying, just put your tape in here and hit record oh, yeah, and then example. you can make your own thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, which is but, what the pirate bay is. Right. Yeah. But there's there's a uh, so even if there's not a a question a, a a morally speaking a matter of direct injustice to the band, there is a question of common good that we say okay wait a minute we have some kind of system of law here that's meant to accomplish a common good goal uh, by telling us hold back for a little bit before you start doing that stuff, and yeah. from a common we should we should feel. As Catholics, as Christians, we should feel an obligation towards the common good to try to uh, comply with that. Yeah. So it's not for the sake of the law itself when the law itself happens to exceed its authority. Rather, it's getting back to the intention of the law and the actual grant of power to Congress that was given and saying, okay, let me try to cooperate that in a way that actually really does serve the common good um, rather than just serving the ongoing greed of, of corporations that want to keep, uh, you know, riding on past laurels. Right. Um, so I don't have anything else on that. That's my only takeaway. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't have much okay. else. It's a lot of things to, to just, just kind of parse through and, uh, and try to understand. Yeah. And again, you know, I put those challenges out there, you know, somebody bring an argument to me. Um, you know, the, the, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that I've read all the, all the, uh, applicable material and, and, and I know 
this stuff for a fact. I'm saying, hey, this is what I think. This is what seems real to me. But bring me an argument if you disagree. Okay. Well, I do have some current events that okay. I'm not going through these the way I normally do. So it might seem kind of choppy. Um, okay. This is <laughs> you got to browse funny. on your iPad while you're recording on it. Huh? You got to browse on your iPad while you're recording on it. Yeah. So I can't see if maybe it stopped recording and then, or if or if something's happening to the recording that isn't good. Right. I can't see it the way I normally would. Um, also, if I like press a button on it or do something with it, everybody's going to hear it. Oh, right. So you don't want to tap it. Um, okay. The Prime Minister of New Zealand, uh, Jacinda Ardern. That's the way it looks to me, anyway. Announces that the country has declared a climate change emergency and promises that it will become carbon neutral by 2025. So, New Zealand has just become an economic has-been. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll, go. well I think well. they were <laughs> headed that direction anyway. I mean, they've been more or less socialized Yeah. in a lot of ways. So. But... Um, the the funny thing is that New Zealand is such a small part of the uh, environment, and that they're declaring it an emergency. Yeah, yeah. And it's like today. generally, if someone says we're going to be carbon neutral, all that means is that they're pumping their energy in from another country. That's true. That it doesn't really mean that that. that... <laughs> that they're carbon neutral in terms of their activities. <laughs> and companies or countries like China will be like, all right, we'll be happy to make all the energy because we don't really care about the carbon. That's and right. we don't even care about creating the energy in a clean way. In fact, we'll just create the energy and then you can have it <laughs> or buy it. In fact, you know, China... China probably supports all of these global carbon efforts because they know they're not going to do anything about it. And everybody who, yeah. who they can shame into doing something about it is going to end up buying energy from China. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Russia or India or a lot right. of other, any right. of the third world countries. You know, their, their, their corrupt governments will say, yeah, you guys can come in here, create the energy, we'll ship it back to you. And, of course, these tiny little governments, you give us tons of money. And uh, we won't really take care of our people and say, "Hey, you got to clean up after yourself," but, or you, you have know, to. <laughs> there's also a sense. I mean, it's laughable. It's I, the New Zealand to say climate emergency. We're going to become carbon neutral. I mean, it's it's kind of like the kid who whose whose dad is going bankrupt and he thinks he's going to help by giving up his dessert at at school lunches or something. Yeah. Yeah. I won't eat lunch anymore, Dad. And, uh, that'll help us. Uh, that way we won't have to uh, sell the house and move and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, it's just silly. The whole thing is... I would be so embarrassed if I were that uh, prime minister. If I lived there. Yeah, yeah. I guess he's not. You know? <laughs> I don't know if they swallow this or if they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, I would imagine yeah. at that end, when someone who's prime minister... They yeah, really do understand what's going that. on here. He's, got, he's, he's not that this stupid. This has to be some kind of weird posturing or something. Yeah. I apologize to people that... Did, did you uh, just sneeze? No, I'm sniffing. 
because I can't breathe through my nose. And normally, I sniff a lot, but I usually cut most of those sniffs out and nobody ever hears it. Oh, okay. But this time, I might not see them as well. And we know you don't have COVID because you've already had it, so it's just the sniffles. But if I I do something that I know later I'm going to want to edit out, I'll click my device and I'll see a little spike there and I'll think, oh, I need to... uh, I need to edit something there, and I go, but I don't have any way of doing this now. Right. Uh, speaking of environment, uh, California, more wildfires, this time in Orange County. Hmm. Wow. Uh, uh, there's people... In Orange County? There, there are ways that it doesn't have to be this way. If I were in California... See, that's why I think, you know, these election frauds... I think they've been going on for a long time, and I think they're going on in a larger scale than anyone's willing to accept. Because I don't think the people who are running California actually have the support of that many voters. By the voters' choice, <laughs> it would be, I, I just it's hard don't to imagine, it. isn't it? That, that okay, their you, state is burning down, uh, and it's because of idiotic policies. Yeah, I'm, you can't tell me people vote for that, right? Right. I mean, it's it's easy to imagine that a few leaders can be that stupid. It's difficult to yeah. imagine that millions of people can willingly be that stupid. Yeah, because the information's out there. You can go look this stuff up. It's not hard. Mm-hmm. Even though people try to cover up this truth, you could still find out this information that, that uh, proper management of a wild area will stop forest fires or at least uh keep them from getting as big right but they refuse to manage their wildlife and this is what happens their cities burn down <laughs> uh so we talked last week about uh chang five or maybe that's change five i can't pronounce it but it's that uh spacecraft that China oh right, right 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 the moon mm-hmm. so it is uh it has lifted off of the surface of the moon. Okay. And, uh... Does it have some... Let's see. It, some rocks? It rendezvous with the orbiter, or orbiter, and then it's bringing it back to Earth, and uh, it will land at a location in Inner Mongolia, and it's got these rocks. I don't know how much it collected. It was supposed to collect, like, two uh, kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, JAXA space probe... I'm not even going to try to uh, pronounce it. Um, this is a Japanese uh, craft. Okay. Is It landed on an asteroid and collected uh, samples. Wow. Is it and coming back? It is, yeah. Cool. The capsule containing a small amount of material from the Apollo asteroid landed in the Australian outback. Oh, it's already back then. So, yeah. We landed. We took... Uh, certain amount of material it just says the capsule i don't know what that means that could be like uh something the size of a quarter or something the size of a uh grain basketball or rice yeah a giant thing yeah yeah but we have asteroid material that we personally went and got this it's kind of neat about this because we have plenty of asteroid material that has come down and entered the atmosphere but it always burns as it's coming here. Yeah, so now it's, we've got it a piece some kind of change. That, right. 
that that did not go through this extreme heat and we can look at that and and see how different it was and it, it's very interesting yeah yeah uh as and one more space one let's see spacex starship prototype sn8 uh just got is destroyed there was a crash landing in boca chica launch site in texas they had done a high altitude test flight and i guess it crashed on the way down oh, okay Okay, well, that's why you do tests. So, little failure by the Americans. You know what? The Japanese made headway and the Chinese made, made headway. headway. That's, but you know what? The, the the things that we're testing for are like massive headway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, huge. I mean, SpaceX, um, you know, it's, 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 SpaceX vision is, uh, commercial civilian space flight. Right. So. It's coming. We're going to yep. get to other planets. Uh, the International Olympic Committee unanimously decided to make competitive breakdancing a sport. Breakdancing? So competitive breakdancing will be in the Olympics. Okay, now here's the thing. I mean, the Olympic has... I mean... Is, so is ballet a sport? I, I mean, I, I don't know if ballet's there or not, but other kinds of dancing, you know, I, I think are in the Olympics... Uh, but the thing is, when you think in terms of Olympics, I'm always, um, I always feel like they don't need to stay static. You know, as new things come along, yeah, put them in there, turn them into competitions. You know, they, it, they didn't used to have the, uh, you know, the, the slalom board thing. They didn't used to have like, um, you know, extreme skateboarding the, the with work? the hash, ha, huh? What you, what was the first example you gave? The slalom boards, those, those, the slalom, those, those like, kind of like skis, except it's one board. Is. Snowboard. What? Snowboarding. Oh, snowboard. Yeah. Okay. Slalom is, it was what it was originally. Yeah, but those called. are sports. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't an Olympic sport. It was just something somebody figured out and started doing that was cool. And then the Olympics said, Hey, let's make a competition out of that. Same thing with the skateboards, with the hash, with the half pipe. So you've got the extreme skateboarding as an Olympic sport now. It started out as just kids playing in parks. So I'm, and, yeah. and I think it's a good thing. I'm, I'm all for that kind of stuff. But here's my question about the breakdancing. Aren't they about like 30 years behind on doing this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Should, I did that when have, I was a kid. Shouldn't they have done this 20 years ago, maybe, to, to bring this into the Olympics by now? The age of it brings it some kind of dignity, I guess. I don't, yeah, but maybe. I, here's the thing. I I personally, I don't think it should be an Olympic sport because it, it ends up being a matter of judging rather than some kind of physical uh, feat. Yeah. I mean, not only if it's a race, we know who won a race. But for things like ice skating, okay, there are some things that they have to do. But then whoever wins is pretty much, it's arbitrary. It's however the judges decide who won. Well, That's it. You know, I've actually watched... And a, you find out there's all kinds of corruption behind well, that. There is, and I, yeah, I, there, I, there I wouldn't that. trust it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit like the ice skating. I mean, like like for, for figure skating, for example. And, and you know, I, I watch those in, in the commentator. Yeah. The announcers, they kind of talk through it and say, okay, in this set, everybody's supposed to do one of these and one of these and, and three of these. And, and they're supposed to do two of these things, but one of them has to be this way. And so they've got to work that into the... And in theory, 
um, at least part of the judging, the technical part, is based on how well they executed those specific things. And then there's a yeah, judging, there's a judgy part on the artistic aspect of the overall, you know, ensemble and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's clearly it's going to be something along those lines. But the thing is, unlike figure skating, I mean, e- even figure skating is something. There's a kind of a choreographed aspect, and and I don't want to say that breakdancing is never choreographed, but it seems to me that one of the things that makes breakdancing so fun to watch is the fact that everybody who does it well does it on his own. He's He's got his own style he brings to it. He brings to it things yeah. that nobody else quite brings to it that way. There's a couple moves that everybody knows, yeah. but then most of it's just this guy's own invention or something he saw somebody else do. And um, whereas figure skating, there are very specific things. They, I don't know what any of them are, but I hear things like triple <laughs> axel. Right. <laughs> There's no such thing as that for breaking. Maybe. But they call it competitive breakdancing. And maybe there's a whole bunch about breakdancing that I just am unaware of. Some of my kids actually took a couple of breakdancing classes with a, a from a what? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, like it was years and years and years ago. Like when they were like eight or nine, you know, something like that. It was huh. only a few of them. They never really got into it a whole lot. But there are like specific moves that they teach, and, and it's like okay, you, there's this, and you got to master that, and then there's this, and you got to master that, and then yeah, but. It's always changing. It's always ongoing, and people are coming up with yeah. new ways to make what the body does look cool. D- do you remember? Um, you remember for a while there was a um, a craze with I forget what it was called, but it was a like a crystal or glass ball, or I actually most of the time they were just acrylic, but they were like maybe colored, but but transparent. It, you know, it, it was like you could see through it. Or it would be like solid black. You couldn't see through it. But the thing is, the, the you could manipulate it with your hands in ways that made it look like it was floating because as you moved your hands around, you did it in a way that the ball itself stayed in exactly one place. I forget what they called it, it, but it was a little bit of a craze. I do not remember ever seeing anything like okay, that. Okay, I'm gonna. I got. I, I got to look. Just a magic up. trick. Okay. Um. Uh. It's not just a magic trick. It's more of a technique. I'm gonna call it. It's still a magic trick. I. Uh, I, I can picture exactly what you're saying. I believe it's a thing. Fushigi. Okay. So I, I'm. But what about it? So. Go on, go, do a search, look on, find a, a Fushigi video um, of, you know, something actually doing that. Ah, shoot. Uh, no, you don't want to see somebody who's... Okay, here's a guy. So, like, like go okay. to YouTube and search... You just got to get to the point. Okay, my point is that a lot of times, to me, breakdancing is kind of like Fushigi, but... You'd have to go watch the video, watch a couple of videos of somebody doing it to know why I'm saying that. Okay. So, it's I don't F- know. F-U-S-H-I-G-I. I it is what it is. I don't pay attention to the Olympics anyway. I think they're silly, oh. but <laughs> I, I I don't have a problem with them. I you know I think uh, I think it's cool for you know for amateur uh, 
athletes to get into that kind of stuff. But are they are they strictly yeah, amateur? Are they strictly amateur anymore? Do it all the time. Are they allowed, uh, did, no. It, well, I don't see how. You remember, it used to be. Of amateur. course not. It used to be strictly amateur. Yeah, I remember that was a thing. And then people like Magic Johnson were a part of the uh, oh, American the basketball team. team. Yeah, like it's Magic like, Johnson is not, not an amateur. amateur. Yeah. He's a professional. He plays it professionally, and he shouldn't be on there. So, and I don't understand why it. Why would we make it for amateurs anyway? You know, Russia takes their guys uh, they, and train them their whole lives <laughs> just for the Olympics. <laughs> I know that. So but our that's training ground corruption. is the free market. That's, so we should let them. Yeah, train. That's that's a good point. But that yeah, the that's whole, part of the corruption is how Russia and China try to do there it. There were so many rules that seemed stupid. And not followable that I, or at least not enforceable. I just never took it serious. Yeah. Um, and finally, Nepal and China agree that the height of Mount Everest, the Earth's highest mountain, is eight thousand eight hundred forty-six point eight six meters. Well, at least that's settled now. That yeah. should have been a nonsense. So one. that. <laughs> that I guess so. It was in the news. It was on Reuters. I guess I, maybe they've been fighting over that for I a don't while. Know. I think that has more to do with what you consider the base of the mountain than than what you consider the peak of the mountain. <laughs> I guess maybe. Yeah, that's such a stupid. Or thing. what you consider sea level. Yeah, maybe that's it. I, you know. Okay, wait a minute. Is this at high tide or low tide? Because <laughs> you know how the the moon as yeah. it goes around it stretches the earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that is such a stupid thing for a country to have to agree with another country about. <laughs> yeah. I'm more surprised that China would put up a fuss over it than yeah than Nepal. Anyone and yeah, else. that's it's like. <laughs> All right, so now we know what China and Nepal consider Mount Everest to be. (laughs) Yeah, okay. How long can you talk? (laughs) Okay, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and talk. Um, All right, so this is just kind of strange. Um, I I don't know I don't know what what uh, actually was going on here, but uh, a guy was delivering. Um, this is in, in the, uh, UK somewhere. Um, and an Amazon deliverer was delivering a package and he went and looked into the homeowner's window and the homeowner happens to have a a camera set up outside. So, so you can see everything that he's doing, but he's looking in the homeowner's window and he breathes on his window and then writes something on it before he leaves. (laughs) The uh, the owner posts it to yeah. Amazon's Facebook page, says, "Excuse me, but what is this delivery driver doing on my window?" Um, Amazon said, "Hey, we'll investigate. I don't see that they actually have anything uh, concrete yet about the investigation." Uh, he's wearing a mask and a neon vest. I mean, it's, he's like bright as day, but he's like peering in the window, and then he breathes on it and writes something. Um. <laughs> what did he write? Well, that's the other thing that I don't quite get because it says um, that the guy who who owned the house uh, said that he couldn't make it out, but he finds the whole ordeal to be ordeal to be creepy. But 
Here's the thing. when You know how that works. You, you breathe on a window and write on it. If you want to see what they wrote, you just yeah. go breathe on the window again. Yeah. So I don't know why he didn't do that. You know, when I, uh, when I stay the night at a hotel, like tonight, mm-hmm. and I take a shower in the morning. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the this... mirror's frosted up and stuff. Not frosted, yeah, but I always up. write, uh, Jesus loves you on the mirror. Also, when they come in and frost it again, or uh, steam it again. Yeah, the next guy who takes a shower is going to say, "Jesus, lo- see, Jesus loves you on the mirror." I don't know. I, I did that once, and I just do it all I'm, the time. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like a religious thing now. Yeah. I can't not do it. <laughs> you know? I violated something if I don't do it. Now that you've said that, I'm going to have to do that too. But you know, uh, because of the oils in your finger, you can just do that without it being steamed up. It's just easier to see when it's steamed up. But you can actually do it just right yeah. with your finger, and then it'll show up when it steams. Yeah. Well, sometimes if I'm shaving, I dip my hand in a little bit of... Oh, shave, yeah, uh, oil or shaving cream shaving or whatever. Cream. To, yeah. Okay, this next so one, I, oh, this well. is truly uh, bizarre. I, I, if you were playing a game of two truths and a lie, about not, not about an individual person, but just the things of the world... And somebody said that there is a thing called Iron Crotch Kung Fu. You'd think it's a lie. But apparently it's a real thing. Uh, these Iron Crotch, Iron crotch Kung Fu. Uh, there's a technique that involves a steel plate capped log. So you th- picture a log uh, about, uh, you know, eight inches in diameter with a steel cap. And it's about six feet, six and a half feet long, uh, weighs about, you know, 90 pounds. It s- swings through the air and smashes into your crotch. Huh. That's a thing. And the, and you, what's the objective? To avoid it or block it? No, or? to let it happen. Wait yeah. a minute. No, I do, right. So you're asking all the Iron, normal questions. Iron crotch kung fu? Yeah. Kung fu is a fighting technique. I know. This apparently is like being able to right? take punishment. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. So it's a, maybe a kung fu training technique, maybe. Right, I don't right. know. Well, this that's this, a, that's a weird this master that they're you know talking to here. He he's got a couple of kids, so I guess it didn't hurt him too bad. I you know maybe he's you know. Oh. He's, <laughs> you know. That's terrible. <laughs> I can't I think know. of anything more terrible than the, that. The quote he he says on uh, the quote he's got is. Um, uh, he insists that the correct, with the correct methods and sufficient practice, you know, the, it's the practice part that really oh. gets me. With sufficient practice, yeah. it does not hurt and has no effect on fertility. Well, after enough practice, I imagine it stops hurting. That's one thing. I guess so. But you know, they've got a picture of the guy doing it, and I tell you what, his face looks like it hurts to me. Yeah. But if you got to a point where that didn't hurt, it's like, okay, that's you would be like Superman. I know. Like you would be afraid of nothing because every guy, that's the one, that's thing. the one yeah. thing he always knows that somebody can yeah, do that. It's like, okay, that, so, I, that's our, that's our kryptonite. That's our vulnerability. Yeah. Uh, take that away. And huh. we've got no more vulnerability. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, apparently, uh, there's also um, iron throat, iron head, iron chest, and iron back kung fu. <laughs> okay. Well, I can see all those. Yeah, but, but not 
yeah, iron crotch. Anyway, so, all right, my next one. You know what? I, I got to send you pictures of these things. <laughs> so, you know how they say that goldfish will grow to whatever size is appropriate for the environment they're in? I have heard that said. Okay. I don't know if it's so, true. Uh, in South Carolina, a lake called Oak Grove Lake, this guy pulled out this. It is a goldfish. It's very clearly a goldfish, and it is yeah. huge. It's like nine pounds. You, you've had a, you've a had a nine pound fish. fish. You've, I mean, even a three pound fish is yeah. big, but this is a huge nine pound nine pound right. goldfish um, that he pulled out of this lake. So aren't they? Isn't that like a koi? Yeah. fish or something, right? Is that what koi are? They're just big goldfish? That's what I think they are. Yeah, I think goldfish are just small koi. The the Guinness Book of World Records currently lists two pounds as the largest goldfish. Two? Two. This one is nine. You would think more people could grow them that big. I mean, you just put it in a lake. It's that easy. It might be the the largest one, I don't know, like wild caught or something like that, you know? There's there's a man who claims to have once caught a 20-pound goldfish, uh, but... The uh, spokesman for the Kentucky Department of Wildlife says that's more likely. Oh, okay, so maybe goldfish aren't strictly koi because the uh, wildlife guy says it was likely a butterfly koi, not a goldfish. So sounds like maybe there's some difference or between maybe a, a koi and a goldfish. I didn't think there was. So are, are gold? they're like carp, aren't they? I aren't, thought carp. Aren't goldfish a type of carp? Let me Let me look that up real quick. I always thought carp look like goldfish. Yeah, they do, right? Some carp. Um, and I've, I've seen some giant carp. So I typed in as a goldfish. Modern goldfish are a domesticated version of wild carp from East Asia. So there's that. Okay. Well, that, that fits in with everything we've said so yeah. far. And I've seen, I've seen carp get huge, like 20 or 30 pounds. I've never seen like a fifty. So pound, maybe this but, isn't such a big uh, deal. But it's pretty. It is yeah. pretty, pretty interesting to see the picture of this huge goldfish. Which I mean, it's it's got yeah, all the same shape cool. and, and the same, you know, that that same uh, kind of sheen to to the the scales and everything else of a goldfish that you would have swimming around in your your little uh, half gallon bowl. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we should we should start putting the links to these stories on our website when we. Talk about I know. Part of the problem is I, I often record on a computer that I don't have my email on, so I can't just send it. I have to go look it up oh, later okay. and send it to you. But I'm going to try to remember to do that for this one. I'll, it's send, not, I'll, I'll try, try to, to remember to send you the uh, Iron yeah. Crotch Kung Fu picture, too. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> I might have to put one of the blur things on the... Yeah. Edit the video. Okay, my, my last one is just kind of fun. Uh, in, uh, Pembroke, uh, Pines, Florida, the, uh, police, uh, thought there was an armed break-in in progress at a men's clothing store. And they, uh, cause people were spotted, spotted storming the store with rifles. When they arrived, they, <laughs> they learned that it was a music video that was being filmed with the store's not store owner's knowledge. <laughs> The rifles huh. weren't real. They were just holding, they were just actors in a video, but, uh, I guess, I guess a men's clothing, st- I guess there was a, a, a music store, a, a music video where, um, yeah, that involves well, men with rifles. Didn't cameras or anything tip anyone off? Well, that's off? what I'm wondering. What, I like, like, 
weren't there cameras like around or something? Maybe all the cameras were inside the store and it was like the filming was the break in or something like that. And then some guy driving by sees them all breaking in and decides, oh, yeah. I'll call the police. They're robbing that clothing store <laughs> yeah. with rifles. Uh, it does, it does huh. say, uh, that the city had not, uh, given a permit for the filming so even though the store owner knew it was in a shopping center and the shopping center itself was uh. closed and so some people thought hey while the shopping center's closed let's go ahead and shoot this video we'll get one of the stores to let us in and we can shoot this video in his store i see and so there was no permit or anything and so you know i guess that you know the but i don't know <laughs> i don't do you that need sounds... a per- is is the mall itself uh, public property or is it pri- like no, like Force Fair Mall? If Force Fair Mall was closed, now I could see where one particular store in Forest Fair, um, they might have to get permission from the owners of the mall property itself in order to allow someone to to Maybe. film something on it. But the mall owners themselves—that's private it's not property. Public. They can allow people to film without yeah. a, a permit from the the, the uh, town or anything. Don't need like a that. permit to film. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> that is pretty is. cool. Though. I know. And now all the I got to go try to find out. You know, the, that's oh, the okay. thing. The story. Um, it doesn't say what what song they were shooting a video for. So now I it makes me want to go look up the song. Yeah, and so find nobody out. could watch it. So I'll have to go and it. it <laughs> Kind of fun to watch. Oh, okay. There's the police in the background. <laughs> hey, guys. They should leave right it on in. If, I know. If it that's does what I'm happen. thinking. <laughs> that's all I got. Huh. Okay. Well, that's that's. Uh, well, it's a short short show today. It was only Hold an on. hour and fifteen. It was a short show today. Short show today. Um, huh? <laughs> yeah. Usually we. We go for a lot longer, but that's all right. Because, uh, it was a uh, short topic. You know, we're just kind of playing around. It, it's kind yeah. of a break from some of the seriousness that's going on in the world. Um, you know. Right. Yeah, I didn't even bring up the... Uh, I don't even want to think about it. Come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. About the election and the, the COVID-19 vaccine that's about to be uh, uh, imposed on all of us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big one. And did you... You see the, there was some, some quote I saw from Biden about, I'm going to, you know, when I get into office, I'm going to mandate that masks for a time be worn everywhere that I'm able. And it's like, you're such a moron because that is precisely nowhere. You have no power to do that as the president. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he's going to, and it'll be This is something that's concerning. I, I, I'm kind of worried about this and maybe we'll even talk about it maybe we'll we'll try to to do some digging and talk about this in in one of the next few podcasts but this i i this is from disclose.tv i'm just going to read it as it is it may be completely bogus but it says just in vatican enters into a global alliance with rothschild rockefeller and ford foundation mastercard bank of america excuse me bank of america and others through the new Council for Inclusive Capitalism to create a more inclusive, sustainable, and trusted economic system. Doesn't doesn't that sound oh, ominous? That sounds absolutely evil. Especially knowing what we know about Francis and 
knowing what we know about all these other entities. I mean, the more rich these people are, just the less you trust them. Yeah. You know, the the bigger the entity, the know you know the less trustworthy you, they right. are, and that's just by nature. Uh, and well, YouTube is proving that right right, right now. Yep. Oh so, well, I don't. Yep. Uh, Pope Francis clearly believes that that absolute top down economic planning and uh, um, yeah micromanagement yeah, so for, of, uh, of people's lives is the, so the right for, approach. Help for the little yeah. guy there. Yeah, he was all against capitalism until Bank of America, you know, waved some money. Yeah, well, him. you know, I don't, I don't even think it's that. He was all against capitalism until he he found a way to get capitalist, uh, the 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 big capitalist entities to turn socialist with him. Yeah. Well, I guess that's another reason we better pray and keep yes. praying and think about what we said and, and circle those beads. Keep circling those beads. All right. Bye, folks. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye.